when we talk about the grind, it's like being a firefighter. You get completely overwhelmed because you're constantly putting out fires. You're the source of every answer. You're the source of every solution. And they've got to come to you for all the things. And you're the bottleneck. Welcome to Evolve Leadership, the arena where high-achieving leaders are challenged to redefine their limits. My name is Angus Nelson. I grew up in the United States, and I now live in Lisbon, Portugal. I'm an executive coach, and I've spent my career advising and training leaders from startups to Fortune 500 companies. And here's what I've learned. An old, ineffective leadership framework will always keep you on a hamster wheel, consumed with work-life balance, burnout, and stress. Here on the show, each week we'll help you rethink the path to achievement. We'll help you discover new principles, new philosophies to the modern leader. Look, the world is relentlessly changing, demanding a new era of leaders. It's time to redefine your limits. So enter the arena, my friend. It's time to evolve. So I was having this conversation with a, a guy just recently and he was talking about how in his brain, it was like a soliloquy. Is that, is that the right word? Soliloquy? Soliloquy of like this conversation in his head that's perpetual about uh, all these different things about his business, about his future, about his family, about all these things. And in and amongst all that stuff, I said, well, are you taking time to sort all this out? And it was like, I told him, hey, uh, I have a million dollars under your mattress. Like he was just kind of dumbfounded. I don't know if you found out you had a million dollars under your mattress, would that make you dumbfounded? I don't know. Metaphor breaks down. But it's that element of like, he had not thought of like giving himself space or time or margin to decouple all of the thoughts going through his brain all at the same time. And I explained to him, that's the grind. And what the discussion rolled into was this other way of doing life being momentum. And so the whole conversation broke into how are you using your time? Tim, have you ever experienced or do you know of these conversations? Well, I've experienced both the grind and experienced momentum. The grind sucks the very life out of you but you uh it, let me put it this way the grind has short-term uh benefits but long-term is not sustainable and everything okay. starts breaking down around you and so that's why i'm really excited for this conversation because i think a lot of what got leaders and including ourselves where we are oftentimes there was a bit of grind in it but then as we start continuing and tried to scale and try to step into a new place we realize that sustainability factor runs out and we get stuck or, you know, we, we have issues with our health or our relationship starts breaking down or our team members don't, you know, why are you such an idiot? You know, and, and we're wondering what's wrong. And so I think trying to take a step back, like you were saying, and actually mm-hmm. decouple or examine what's the issues underneath, underneath it and have a soliloquy with yourself, I think is really powerful uh, in order to gain that self-awareness of, okay, how can I take a step back? And not burn out. Yeah. And I, I like what you said. When we start a business, when we start building the business, 
it's like we have, you know, lots of hats that we get to wear. We're a jack of all trades. And uh, as you grow and the company develops and you start adding team members where so many people mess up is they stay doing all the things. And we have our reasons, we have our excuses, and we're going to dive into some of those myths, some of those lies that we tell ourselves. And we don't actually provide ourselves the opportunity to actually be a leader, to create margin, to create time, to create space, to create the momentum hours that actually push our businesses forward. So let me just start by saying this, like when we talk about the grind, like in that grind state, it's like being a firefighter, right? Everything is a fire. You run in with your hose, like... You get completely overwhelmed because you're constantly putting out fires. You're the source of every answer. You're the source of every solution. You're the source of everyone's opinion. And they've got to come to you for all the things. And you're the bottleneck. In many ways, that's how some of the day-to-day operations are all filled with tactical issues. Like, what are some other ways that some of this stuff is getting entangled? Yeah, it's like you have this uh, sinking feeling that you're not doing enough. And when you try to rest, it's almost like you feel like you're lazy and you feel like, I know I got to keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. And it's almost like, you know, you're trying to manage your business, but rather your business ends up managing you. And it's kind of like you are a you are a dog on a leash and your business is pulling you. And instead of leading, we feel like we're being drugged wherever we need to go and, uh, you know, strategic thinking, uh, long-term planning, beating, building like uh, meaningful relationships with team members um, that feels so distant when you're just trying to get stuff done. And when there's the pressures of putting out fires, right? Angus, it's hard to be able to navigate and take a step back when you're in the thick of things. It's like your pinball, right? In a pinball machine, like bing, 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 bing. And it's totally reactive approach. You know, it's like, this is how we're trying to lead the company. You're the leader and all you're just like, bark, 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 you know, and whatever thing's going on. And that kind of grind state, that marks high stress, frequent interruptions, inconsistent communication, lack of balance. Like you are out of control in many ways. And the thing is, you think, you're in control. You think everything's cool. And, and this is, you normalize this. Like, this is just the way it is. Hey, when you're in startup, it's got to look a certain way. When you're building a company, it's got to be, when you're in this kind of leadership, da, 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 and we build all of these storylines. Meanwhile, inside your soul is crushed. It's falling apart. You have this sinking feeling that you've never done enough. And let me just kick open my laptop. I just, I, let me finish this one thing. And an hour and a half later, your wife is standing at the door saying, choose one or the other, me or your computer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so and- you're at the stage where all the things around you are falling apart, but you don't even know it. And you're on the brink of burnout. Yeah. All you can see are short term results. You just want to make this goal. And then once I get this goal, then we're, we're going to be fine. Once I get to this thing, then we're, once we get this many team members, once we get this funding, but oftentimes the cost of all that becomes so much higher, you know, and then you're afraid to what you're perceiving as letting off the gas, right? Yeah. You're thinking like, if I slow down, this whole thing is going to crumble. If I slow down, this thing's going to like, 
blow up. If I slow down, like the train's going to leave the tracks. And that becomes the opportunities disappearing. Innovation no longer happening. And growth, it's not going to happen. So these are the lives that we, that we tell ourselves over and over. We're just lying to ourselves. Like the first one that comes to mind is like success requires sacrifice. Oh, so noble, you some bitch. You think like, <laughs> oh, I'm, if I'm going to be successful, like all the greats, they do this, they do that. And we don't look at yeah. how their marriages have crumbled, how things have like gone sideways, how their health deteriorates. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, man, like. Steve Jobs, I'm thinking that guy would have given anything to stick around for a number of years longer. Yeah. And the sacrifices yeah. he made, he probably, if we had an honest conversation, I'm sure there's transcripts somewhere where maybe he would have done things a little differently. But yeah. when you're trying to convince yourself over and over again that that personal success, that that in some way is going to help you like, feel a certain way, to get your accolades, to get your validation. That's, I mean, if we're getting really honest, that's what you're looking for. Yeah. You, yeah. Relentless work, sacrificing the, the personal relationships. Um, how many founders don't even have any friends? Their health is, you know, crap. And yeah. their mental game is, you know, not in a healthy place either. So the truth and, is, and is that all that sacrifice Though they may think this is necessary, everything else goes out of balance. And it's not sustainable, just as. But Angus, don't you think that's, that's the issue, is that there's a, sliver, there's a sliver of truth to that, because it does take a level of sacrifice, right, to start a business, to do everything like that. But the problem is, is then we lean into that as our gold standard. And then it comes, what are you willing to sacrifice? Your relationship with your kids? One of my mentors, he was building his organization. He was he was growing, it was thriving. And when I asked him later, and he was in his late 60s, I asked him, like, what would you do differently? He's like, you know what? I was more concerned to build in my business mm. than I was about, you know, hanging out with my boys. He had two boys. And he goes, that's my biggest regret mm. is that I just wasn't present for them. I wasn't at their games. I was because I was building this thing, you know. And when you talk to people at the end, they look back and those are the things that they, man, I wish I wouldn't have neglected my health. <laughs> I wish I wouldn't have neglected my marriage or my kids. And so there's got to be a way. And, and this is what we're talking about is to get out of the grind, get out of this where you're sacrificing, yes, to a certain degree, but you're not sacrificing the big things. And when you, when you lean into it, it's going to sacrifice. Well, then what are you willing to sacrifice is the big question, right? Well, the sacrifices are put in the wrong place. So you've probably heard me say this before, like it's the confusion between um, the things that give us pleasure versus the things that give us pain. And when we mix up pleasure and pain, meaning, hey, if I do this on the other side of that, I'm going to get pleasure. And so we think like if I discipline my time, if I create boundaries, if I um, set up uh, these calendar blocks, then I'm going to miss this or I'm going to miss that. And therefore it's going to be painful. And what we don't understand that that thing that's perceived as painful will actually create opportunity for so many other things, which we'll talk about here a little bit later. It's that problem that we confuse pleasure and pain and we 
put our sacrifice, quote unquote, you know, we're going to sacrifice this. And the thing mm-hmm. that's this is actually the wrong sacrifice. We're sacrificing relationships and health and, you know, time and fulfillment. And so ultimately we'll end up with pain. Yeah. Versus creating the right boundaries, getting to where you're actually having the right margin and space, blah, blah, blah. So we'll talk to that in a second. But let's get let's continue with some of the lies. Yeah. So here's another one, Angus. Tell me if you've heard this one before. I can make up for lost time later. <laughs> right. And and I just choked on my water. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, I just heard that the other day. After a heart attack. Somebody is going, I can make up for lost time later. Well, you did damage, right, on your health. And and so many times uh, we will take this idea of I'm in the grind now, but then we end up this perpetual grind, this long-term grind. And then the makeup for lost time, man, you can't get, you know, when you are estranged to your kids or that divorce is finalized or your health is in some major issues, it really is one of the, it, it exposes it as a lie is you can't make up for lost time. You need, how can you be in, how can you enjoy those things and be able to create a life that you want that's going to have that long-term success and the grinds lie of making, you know, making up for lost time later. It doesn't work, does it? Mm. No, it's jacked up. And, you know, furthermore, it's like, um, when I get to this, you know, then I'll be, whatever. Mm, When we get that funding, then I'll make time for my health. When we get to that many head count, well, then I'll make time to get exercise. When we get to X, then we'll get Y. Like it's that perpetual lie we keep telling ourselves. I'll close my lid on my laptop once you know, we've been funded and then your laptop stays open because now you're like, well, now I got to prove that we can do the things that they gave us the money to do and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So here's another lie. The Lay more on. I work, the more successful I will be. Oh, right. It's, it's, the, it's ingrained into American psychology is this idea of the, is that very thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm going to earn it. I'm going to will it into existence. I'm going to perform on all levels. And because of my performance, because of the level of energy I've exerted, that will determine the level of success I will attain. And it doesn't work that way. In fact, I think Bruce Lee had a quote. I I can't remember off the top of my head, but if you could look it up, there's there's a Bruce Lee quote where he talks about less effort. Hmm. And this is the paradox that we oftentimes don't understand is that oftentimes the less you do for a thing, the easier it is to acquire. The less you strive for love, the less you strive for communication and connection. And this is a funny thing somebody said to me once was, um, you know, life is like golf. The harder you try, the worse you do. Oh, that's my story of golf. <laughs> it feels like it feels like the less I play, the better I am. But as soon as I, you know, put in some rounds at the at the range or whatever, I get worse as the game yeah. goes along. So. It's the same thing in all these other areas. We're striving and we're doing all this exerting and not actually creating things that move us forward and slip us into momentum. So here's another lie. 
my value is defined by my work. This is what I was saying about before. Your validation, your acceptance, your, you know, like all these different things become a part of your identity, yeah. right? And so you equate your personal worth with your professional success, right? So yeah. to whatever title, whatever money, whatever rooms I get in, then in some way, somehow that determines who I am. And so that becomes a really dangerous thing because what happens when you get laid off? What happens when that thing goes away? You know, the worthlessness that you would feel. Yeah. And that's where so many people get stuck. And then they build this story in their head. How am I going to get to the next role? How do I get to the next job? How do I start the next company? If yeah. my value is attached to something that went sideways, something that didn't yeah. meet the expected attainable fantasy. Yeah. Now your value is in this place of, um, well, it's lacking all the things that are really valuable. You can't have kindness or integrity, creativity. You sacrifice all that. Talk about bad sacrifices because you're in the quest to attain. That's how people start like embezzling money. That's how people start like doing things sideways. It's because they have attached their identity to their work. And so at all costs, they're trying to get that hole filled in their heart or that accolade, that praise, that need and desire that if I get this, well, then now I'm somebody. Yeah. Your value cannot be defined by your work. And, and here's what I think is so important, Angus, is because you will be a victim to the ups and downs of your business if that's the mm -hmm. case. Like, so if your business is great, you're going to feel amazing, probably even overinflated, you know, if your business is thriving, because you're going to go, wow, I'm great. As soon as your business takes a downturn, well, uh, then you're a victim to, oh, I suck. I'm terrible. Oh, I got to work even harder to try yeah. to build this up. And, and I think one of the most powerful, most powerful men, uh, powerful men I've met, and I think the most powerful thing a man can do is to be totally secure detached from work like mm -hmm. in who you are when your identity is not connected to your work instead your work is an overflow of of the confidence you already have in who you are and that dude's unstoppable because it doesn't yeah. matter if a business fails it doesn't matter if a business has a rocky season there's always that oh no i know who i am i can step in start another one it's going to yeah. take off i'm going to start another one um and, so and that's the lie think, or the paradox of that is you know, that if I am not attached to it, you know, how do I stay competitive? You know, and I think there's a healthy way to be competitive and yeah. still not be attached to the outcome. You know, where yeah. you're not, I mean, think of like UFC fighters or boxers or whatever, where they get in the ring and even if they lose, they get up with class and respect. They give each other a hug, even a kiss, you know, a handshake or whatever, yeah. bump some gloves. Like the mature fighters, like even though they go in and get their ass handed to them, they know yeah. they're going to get back in the gym tomorrow and they're going to get better. They're going to get stronger yeah. and they're going to learn the lessons. Yeah. So, okay. It, so another lie. Go for it. Yeah. Well, here's one. Here's one I want to throw it at you is my family understands and supports my work. Mm. And many times it is, it is true. 
I mean, they support, I know you're an entrepreneur. I know you're really busy. I want to, you know, I want to support you. The problem is, is the long-term effects of that. Because for a season, oh, it's a startup, babe. We're going to do da, 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 da. And again, we tell ourselves after startup phase or after raising the round or after we sell, whatever it is, mm. we are thinking that then I'm going to, you know, focus on you. But what ends up happening is we start practicing this grind mode and we just stay in it. And eventually it's just going to take a toll on our relationships, no matter if, you know, no matter what their words to you are, it always can take a toll when you're in grind mode, wouldn't, wouldn't you say? For sure. And then suddenly your wife's got the bags packed and she's leaving with the kids and you're standing there going, what happened? I don't get it. Which leads to the second lie related to this particular piece. I mean, this is like hand in glove. Then your defense mechanism is, don't you understand? I'm doing this for you. My, my partner, my wife, my husband, or whatever. I'm doing this for my kids. I'm doing this for the family. Don't you get it? I'm doing it for you. Yeah. And that's the lie because all of the premise on this is actually you're doing it for yourself, your ego, your accolades. And yes, you can say it's noble because you want to be a provider or you want to give opportunities to your kids they otherwise wouldn't have. But to what degree? Like, you really have to have an honest, self-aware conversation with yourself. So based on that premise of all the long hours and sacrifice, they're ultimately doing this, you know, for the family, for the whatever. And like I said, they think that it's because they're trying to give that security, those opportunities, you know, that comfortable lifestyle. But it's actually just deflecting their own ego. And they end up neglecting their family time, neglecting those responsibilities, and then assume that the ends will justify the means. Yeah. And, and I do think, again, this is where these lies have a, a element of truth in that we want, you know, I want to show my kids what, what hard work looks like. I want to inspire my kids by, you know, doing something and creating something and giving them opportunities, whether it's education or, you know, uh, things that resources and money can provide. The problem is, is if you ask your kid what they would rather have, that private school, that extra, you know, money to do travel ball or a present dad, 10 times out of 10 present dad. Uh, and and I'm, I'm speaking from a kid who, whose dad, is a recovering workaholic, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and it wasn't until college that he and I reconnected because he was just, he just buried himself in work and what I would have given, you know, to just been able to have that time back. And yet I still see the same things in me, Angus, where yeah. I, I will bury myself and go, whoa, 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 whoa. How do I pull back? How do I be more present? Because this lie, I'm doing it for you. Uh, well, I think if you, if they, if you ask their opinion, they would rather have a present dad who's in what this next thing that we're calling is momentum. Yeah. And I'm excited to hear, can you set up this idea of momentum? Because a lot of times we're really familiar with the grind, we get it. Mm -hmm. What does this new level of, what, what is momentum in, in your estimation? Yeah, so I wanna define this because what I think is at the core of this, and maybe we should have just started the show with this, is like the hours that we put into our week, uh, research, I think it was out of Harvard Business, said that the average CEO or C-suite, I think it was, 
works like 62.5 hours a week or something crazy like that, right? And it's like, what are those hours that they're using that they tell themselves, this is effective, this is moving the ball forward, this has got us in what we would call momentum. And I would say, and I would argue, that so many of those hours are A, things you shouldn't be doing, B, they're not in your zone of genius, C, there's somebody in your company who's probably way better, gifted, talented, skilled, and actually enjoys some of the things you might be doing. And then fourth, you're not doing the kinds of things that actually help you be a better leader. And I'll share more about that in just a second. Boy, there's a lot of teasers here. Oh, foreshadow. <laughs> so the grind hours we're putting into like making things happen. We're, we're doing this sales call. We're jumping on that plane. We're doing the business meetings. We're going to the events. We're doing the conferences. We're doing the speaking. We're doing the writing. We're doing the content. We're doing, we're doing, we're doing, we're doing. And like you said earlier is we're not deciding. Making decisions for the betterment of myself as a leader, decisions for boundaries of time, for you know what's important for the company that requires me and my best. I'm not in a place where I am actually thinking about my team and giving them ownership and empowerment and helping them become better. Like these are hours that you can put kind of a check mark next to and call it momentum. Mm-hmm. And those areas we'll cover in just a second. But just so you know, sitting in your car, driving down the road, whether you're washing dishes, whether you're on your lawnmower, whatever you're doing, brother, when you start to see yourself putting time into high-impact activities that drive your business forward, you will suddenly be in a place where you start communicating more effectively. You start empowering your teams to take ownership, and you start helping them to be able to solve their own problems independently of you. You'll create healthy boundaries for your time and your attention. And you'll be in a place where you're cultivating positive, collaborative culture where creativity and innovation are encouraged. That kind of leader, brother, you'll be in momentum demonstrating resilience, adaptability, and a growth mindset. You'll be in a place where you're no longer in scarcity, but in a place of abundance. You won't just be focused on all of the tasks at hand, but you'll see the larger picture. You'll be in a place of visionary leadership. You'll be keeping the team aligned with your organization's long-term goals, and you'll actually have the time to be able to cast into the future and be able to see what is the direction my company needs to go. And you're going to prioritize your own well-being. You're going to prioritize your team's well-being. You're going to structure a life that you can enjoy with sustainable success around not only your professional success, but also your health, your exercise, your food, your relationships, your self-care. And you won't have to worry about burnout anymore. So I want to jump into some of those practices. And Tim, I'm going to give you the keys to the car here and, and start us off. Like, What are some things that would be considered momentum hour activities. 
Yeah, and, and I love it because this is leverage. I mean, that's what momentum is, right? It's not using your own power. It's utilizing and leveraging the gifts and, and talents of other people around you and allowing you to be in a great state. So here's a couple of key practices. I want to throw them out to you, Angus, and then I'd love to discuss it. The, the first one is mindfulness and meditation. Now, I will set it up with many, well, some guys, if you're naturally like me, are just naturally skeptical. Skeptical? Skeptical? skeptical, right? About anything that even smacks of woo. It's just kind of like, oh, okay, is this really like, where's the practicality? Where's the rubble meet the road? But what is so powerful is to actually take places to pause, create white space, think, like even just being able to be quiet and stilling Mm -hmm. all the voices is a really powerful thing. And you and I know this, a lot of times are some of our best ideas um, don't come at the desk, working on the laptop. It's usually when we're out for a walk or we're pausing, or in this case, like meditating and actually pulling back, trying, uh, no, trying, getting clarity on where you're at in life and being able to walk out of there with reduced stress to be able to step into a place of emotional intelligence. Uh, Angus, I know you practice meditation. Has that worked? Has, how has that worked for you? Let me just pause for a second to say this. There is one trait that you will find in every successful leader, no matter their industry, no matter their role. And that trait is action. And we want to inspire ambitious leaders like you to bet on yourself and take action on those audacious goals that you see in your heart. That's why we created our 90-day accelerator. It's a results-driven, battle-tested framework designed specifically for high-performing leaders like you to get unstuck and propel you towards your goals. And in just 90 days, you won't even recognize the person you used to be. To be a part of this elite community, go to evolveleadership.org. Now, back to the show. Yeah, I started uh, meditation some time ago, and then I got away from it. And then last year, I dove headlong back into meditation, and now I've been doing it for probably about eight, nine months. And it is dramatic. My level of energy, my level of presence, my level of patience. Because in, in, in the practice of mindfulness uh, and meditation, I'm going to kind of put those two in a very similar box, is intention. The intention to process emotion and to let go of stress, to actually actively let go, um, it increases your emotional intelligence because you're paying attention. What's going through my mind? How am I seeing my world? What am I feeling right now? And you start processing and breaking those things down and separating truth from falsehoods. Oh, that thing I'm feeling, that's based on a story. I told myself and that story isn't true. That's a pile of horseshit, you know, versus, yeah. hey, here's something I need to like put some more attention on. And yeah. that leads to better decision making. And for me, an improved relationship with myself and of course my team members. And I dare say even my, my family. Is because yeah. in that mindfulness state, in the practice of meditation, 
helps me to get centered. And again, I don't want to get like where it sounds woo and weird, but there is a truism. And I would tell you, I'm not the guy yet who's like got that little gong thing, you know, and I'm rubbing that little wand going singing. Yeah. I'm not like, you know, banging the cymbals. Like, I don't know how to do that stuff. I'm not, you know, doing Tibetan chants. Like I'm not that guy. I'm not that deep yet. I don't know if that's where I'm going, but I know for me, it's flipping open, open YouTube and I do a, you know, guided meditation or a morning meditation or a meditation around stress or whatever. And I'll spend 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And now I've gotten to where I can go like half an hour. And like, I want to get to where I could go like an hour or two hours. And my ADD is like, oh, you'll never be able to do this. Damn you. And I'm like, no, I'm going to discipline my mind so that I can. Like it's, it's like my own personal vendetta against my own, you know, ADD. Yeah. But that's what also puts you in a place of power because now you can enter into the boardroom at mm. peace. You can enter into a, a crucial conversation, like centered, and you start to approach things from a much more powerful way, not reactive, not emotional. You actually get to be focused and present in what's actually going on around you. Yeah. And and I love this idea of meditation and mindfulness because it deliberately goes against the grind, right? The mentality of the grind is got to get done, get, you know, stuff. And it's actually deliberately taking a pause. And same with this next one, which for me has been a huge uh, game changer in my life. I was, uh, I was launching an online college. I was the president of it. And I just put in long hours and I got to this point where my body started kind of breaking down. And the one true thing that just became a non-negotiable in my life was regular exercise. Every time, and, and I know a lot of guys like to do it in the morning. For me, it's after the workday. As soon as the workday's done, close the laptop, get in my home gym, and just pound the weights, right? And there's something physiological about that. Not only am I keeping my body healthy so I have more energy, but bro, for me, it is almost a non-negotiable from a mental, uh, mental toughness state where I, uh, I come out of that with massive stress relief and focus and ready to be present with my family. And mm-hmm. so this idea of, of creating physiological, a, a state where you're able to lean into work and be that much more productive, again, it goes against grind. Grind says, I don't have time for that. Uh, um, and momentum says, I don't have time not to do that. Like I can't afford mm-hmm. not to do that because that's gonna put me in a higher mental state. And so you see that with, with mindfulness, you see that with regular exercise. I want to ask you this next one, and that is continuous learning and growth mindset. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, as they say, readers are leaders. There you go, Jeff Brown. Great podcast. Shout out to him. But, you know, the successful leaders, they're lifelong learners. And, you know, it's like when we moved here to Lisbon, uh, one of the things I did is I weighed every bag in my family, we had 14 bags and anything that was underweight, I snuck books into. And when we showed up here, I got here before my wife did. She, she ended up showing, it's a, another conversation for another day, but uh, my kid got, one of our kids got COVID right as we were supposed to take off from Atlanta and was two weeks delayed. So my son and I came and 14 bags and two big ass dogs. And that's all you need to know about the shit show that we created in the Lisbon airport. But when we 
got all, you know, unpacked and my wife was looking at an Ikea shelf I set up because we had an unfinished apartment. I just bought this bookshelf and it was lined with books. And she said, what in the hell have you done? And like, I need my books. They're my babies. Like I didn't even bring all of them. Of course, like I didn't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not crazy, but I brought some of my top favorites. And then I was back in the States early this year and I snuck out some more. And, you know, it's like my contraband is I'm stealing from my, my, my library back in the States in my storage. Because when you are growing mentally, you are preparing for the future. You're, you know, in a place where you can see and spark ideas and you can be up to date on industry trends, different leadership tactics, you know, ways to improve your skills. Like for me, it's, it's, it's listening to podcasts. It's watching, you know, the, the uh, a seminar or webinar or an event, a conference or something like that, where all of a sudden your brain is growing and growing. And as your brain goes, the business will follow. Yeah. Because if we look at it for, as a leader, the best leaders lead themselves. And leaders need that. leaders. So here's the paradox. Your commitment to your own growth requires you get someone else to show you the path. You do not have to figure this all out on your own. There's people who have gone ahead of you, gotten all this great experience, and then jotted it down on some pages, shot a little video on YouTube, or did whatever, and you can take years of their mistakes and learnings and digest it right here, right now. How powerful is that? What if you're using your time to develop your knowledge and understanding? That's productive and that creates momentum. I love that. Again, it's pushing against the grind. It's taking time out to invest in yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So that you can show up as a powerful leader, as a powerful husband, father, Whatever. I want to run through these last ones in a little bit of rapid fire. I, I, what you just said about books, I think really ties into this next, next one. I wanted to ask you about it. That's networking. Yeah. That's getting in masterminds, network, executive memberships to continue to grow and learn from others. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what was it, Jim Rohn, that said, you are uh, the, the product or you're, uh, I forget the words he used, maybe some of the product, but you're, you're the sum total of your five closest friends. Hmm. So it's like, who are you hanging around with? Like, if you're still hanging around with, you know, your high school jackasses, maybe they're cool, you know, on some level. I don't mean to be detrimental and derogatory <laughs> or whatever about them being jackasses. But I mean, you just talk about, you know, ESPN Sports Center broadcast last night or fantasy football. And stuff. Not to say that that stuff isn't entertaining, but I mean, if that's the only like ceiling to the conversations, to the interactions, well, then you're going to be limited. So getting around other people, high caliber leaders will cause you to go up. And I like to be the dumbest, poorest person in the room because that requires me to listen. It requires me to learn. It requires me to be humble. It requires of me to like rise to those occasions to say, who must I become in order to be at this state? Right? Yeah. You know, another thing would be, you know, your goal setting. Like mm-hmm. when you get around those kinds of higher caliber people than what you are, 
their level of conversation changes. The things that they talk about are so different. The things they experience are so different. The decisions, the difficult, challenging decisions they have to make are far different. And their goals, the kinds of things they attain, the things that they want to achieve causes you to be like, well, what am I doing? I got to level up. I got I to I gotta upgrade, 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 right? And so you start changing what you believe is possible. You change what you believe you are capable. When you surround yourself with people who think bigger, talk bigger, and do bigger, right? So now you've shifted your goals. And now you feel higher motivation and more focus. And it'll cause you to let go of the things that are holding you back. You'll reprioritize the things that you need to have as priorities. And you'll start like shedding all the stuff that's wasting your time, your attention, your energy. And that's going to help you move forward, which gives us to the next part, which is time management. And so one of the things about momentum is, I don't want you to think of this as productivity, even though there's elements of that. The focus is not productivity in and of itself. The focus is that I'm doing the things that create momentum in my life personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. And so the time management is I'm establishing boundaries around my time on the things that are important to me, one. And two, I block time for just specific, you know, things that have to happen a certain thing. And then I will batch similar things within that time block. So if I'm doing meetings, I only do meetings on this certain day or these certain days between these certain times so I can keep my brain in meeting mode. Mm. If I'm going to do creative, my creative stuff all happens on this day within this time. I'm not bouncing between different skill sets. I'm not bouncing between different energies and different you know, attention capacities. But I, I get strict about how I use my time. And then what about rest and renewal? Yeah, like this is a tough time one. Time to rest, right? Yes, because we we think it's laziness. At least that's the inner critic that starts blasting us. You're just being lazy for sitting on the couch. You're lazy for going on a cruise. You're lazy for you know playing ball with your kids. Like go back to work. Like or or mm. do something productive. And oftentimes we don't see I like the air quotes there for those who are listening at home. <laughs> right. The the. Uh, the investment in yourself as a high, high caliber machine, right? You're, you're, mm. a, you're a finely tuned McLaren or Rolls Royce or whatever, Ferrari, whatever, uh, whatever uh, sports car, right? That needs that investment, that needs that yeah. tuning, that needs that, uh, you don't go off-roading with the Ferrari. You need to be able to get it uh, tuned up so that you can hit the Autobahn and, uh, and be flying. So that's where that rest is because when you come back on Monday, you're going to be a much better leader. You're going to be a much better uh, visionary for your team. Here's another one, Angus, and I want you to speak to it, and that's yeah. reflection. Mm. Yeah, you know, and this can look many different ways. It can look like, um, you know, having, I've got clients that do gratitude journals. This can be just, you know, a diary, a journal just in and of itself, but taking time to reflect on, and here, this is the, this is a critical piece, like, what are the lessons I've learned? Uh, what are my wins? What are my experiences? What are the, the challenges I've had? You know, I can document all that. What are the things that I want to grow in? What are the things that I've attained or not attained? You know, how can I create some 
I don't know, measurables out of this. Like reflection can look different ways for different people and you have to use what works for you. But ultimately, I would underscore it with this. Celebrating the progress you've made thus far. Mm-hmm. That's a part for like high achievers like us. Like we forget to reward or to recognize the things we've already accomplished. You know, it was uh, Dan Sullivan in his book. Uh, well, Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy uh, wrote uh, Gap and the Game. And the, the thing that we get caught up in is we're looking for perfection, but we don't recognize how much we've gained. And that creates a gap. And that gap is never ending. Because our fantasies, our desires, our perfection is always out there. You know, it's something out there. And we're forgetting about what's right here. And right here is the only thing I can do anything about anyway. So celebrating that is huge. And I would say, you know, another thing kind of related to that in reflection is like making time for just dreaming, being creative, visioning or envisioning, like just creating that white space where like I have this journal that's behind me. I can't reach it right now with my headphones on. But this like ugly ass, like fluorescent or a yellow, what, what, I think there's a, ter- a color for that, fuchsia, I don't know. But it, it's just this one journal that's just like my dream journal. And that's when I set aside, uh, you know, 15 minutes or half an hour and I just dream and I just write things down. Crazy, crazy thoughts, crazy possibilities and just stretching my brain. And when you can do that, you all of a sudden can open your brain to other possibilities, other solutions, other directions, you know, and it can cause you to create more clarity and communicating with your teams. Like, and and this is a problem sometimes for leaders is we can oftentimes see like, here's point A and here where we want to go is point B, but our team doesn't know like all the steps between the two. And when you create creative time, it can give you that kind of um, clarity to kind of start mapping those things out. Like, hey, well, for the next step, it would be like this and the next step like this. And all of a sudden, oh, this is starting to make sense. And now you can take that to your team and actually bridge them from this thing that you're painting in the present to where we're actually going so they know what part they get to play. I love that. I love that because it leans against the grind, which is do, 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 do. But by pausing, you actually have creative solutions, innovations, right? By, by, being, by creating that white space, you're able to think two steps ahead of your competitor and, and innovate and take another step forward, or, you know, another creative solution, but you will never get there wearing grind state. It's almost like grind kills creativity because we're just, fire what's the next fire what's the next fire um and i love this last one and 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 this one i think is a real um shift for a lot of leaders um i call it servant leadership angus but it really is recognizing your team members as they likely might not stay in your company forever right Mm. but how can you help them like when when a team member feels like you really care about their career and advancing their career not just a cog that's shoved into a wheel to get gain for yourself, man, that creates a loyalty that creates, uh, in a, not only 
that just creates a harder worker mm-hmm. in general. And so being able to have the time to invest in your team um, is a real big priority, but it, it, it's not is always Is it a easy harder worker? Is harder the word you want to choose? Probably not. I would just say more motivated. Let me put it that way. There you go. If okay. somebody doesn't feel valued or they feel like they're, you know, this guy doesn't care about me, they're already looking on Indeed for the next role. You know, they're already, <laughs> they're already open to headhunters that are coming their <laughs> yeah. way. But if, so, if we take a, even a mentoring role, but a leadership role where you're interested in their career and how can this time here move you forward, whether you're here 10 years, two years, how can it move you forward in your career? And you can support the company as you do it. That creates a loyalty and a motivation that I think is in the big picture is going to move your business a lot more forward, right? Than a temporary functional relationship. Yeah. So for sure. And it improves like team satisfaction and fulfillment when the team has ownership of the outcomes, when the team has. Uh, not just what, what was the old thing where you're given um, responsibility, but not authority. Mm. That's the most frustrating place to be in. But what if you build the team where now all of a sudden you're letting go, you're delegating, you're trusting the team. And now not only do they have, you know, the responsibility, but you're actually giving them some authority over how something's done, how it's created, whatever. What if their skill sets are now like leveraged in a way that you say, hey, is this something that gives you energy, gives you life? Like, let's make this whole like momentum thing contagious. Like it shouldn't just be for you, the leader. What about the people you lead? And now all of a sudden you're like, hey, this area of your responsibilities in your role, I can see or you've shared that this is not giving you energy. It's not giving you life. What are some ways that we might be able to backfill a position that someone else who loves doing that, who's really good at doing that, that would that would be their lifeblood? Like, let's expand this opportunity to where someone else could be. Like, if you can get your team where everybody's in their sweet spot, where everybody yeah. feels like they're contributing and having ownership for this joint, you know, outcome, now you're creating something super powerful. And the team will start to run itself. You actually no longer become the, 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 the go-to for all of the answers, the go-to for all of the solutions. Now you're in a place where you're finally in a place where you can breathe, where you can see at 30 or 40,000 feet. You can like project for your team where we're going, where the company is iterating, where we're pivoting, where we're making changes, where we're getting better, where we're listening to our customers, where we're getting more uh, focused, where we're getting more into our research and development, where all these different areas of our company start to come to life when the leadership is creating momentum hours. Mm -hmm. You cannot stay in grind hours and still grow your business in a way that helps the bigger picture. And here's some examples of some companies. You maybe you've heard of LinkedIn. It was the former CEO, Jeff Weiner, and he's well known for creating what he calls buffer time or nothing time. In between meetings, that gave him the ability to process, to strategize, to go through what just happened or just to simply breathe. And he claims that this practice contributed to his success in leadership and a healthy work culture at LinkedIn. Tim Cook, at CEO, the CEO of Apple, 
He talks about waking up early and making time for exercise and personal reflection, regardless of the fact that like there's all these demands on his role, on his attention. But he's become an advocate for personal well-being. And he's spoken of the importance of maintaining boundaries between his work life and his personal life. Yeah. At Salesforce, Thank Mark you. Benioff. What go ahead? No, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna talk about Benioff because what I love, <laughs> he he's really into mindfulness and meditation. Yeah. And he actually in their offices, they actually have these mindfulness zones on each floor where it's encouraging employees just to take mental breaks mm. and meditate. And here's why I love it, because he knows they're gonna be more productive at the end of it. Right? Yeah. It's a counterintuitive. It's leaning into the pauses because out, out of those pauses is even more productivity. That's that momentum we're talking about, right? Yeah. So rest, there's a, a quote, and I can't remember exactly what it is, but rest is not laziness. Rest is highly productive, hmm. right? We have to change our minds around this. And then last one, and this is something that I, I stumbled on, uh, ironically from LinkedIn, but it was an article that Mark Randolph, uh, the co-founder of, of Netflix, had written about when he was running the show for all those years, every Tuesday night, he blocked off the hour at 5 p.m. Like nothing got in his way. There was a hard cutoff on Tuesdays, rain or shine, no matter what was going on within the company, because that was date night with his best friend, his wife. They go see a movie, have dinner. They go window shopping downtown together. And here's a guy who's running a rocket ship of a company. Hmm. And on Tuesday nights, nothing got in the way of him spending time with his sweetheart. You tell me, is that wife believing in him putting in the efforts into this business when she knows that he, she's of that kind of priority? Like when you make time for your kids, so every Saturday morning you have coffee or donuts, you know, like having conversation with your kid on those times. What if when you go on trips, maybe you take one of your kids on that trip so they get to spend time with dad. I had a friend of mine and he used to do that. Like he had three kids and every trip he'd take one of his kids with him. Like, what if you started to see things differently, that understanding that momentum hours are actually the things that build your business? They're actually the things that make a difference. They're actually the things that have true ROI and they create revenue. They create culture. They create vision. They create the things that you've always wanted. And so while grind, Leadership might seem effective in the short term. It's ultimately not sustainable nor beneficial. And I would dare say it's detrimental. Whereas momentum leadership, it nurtures a healthy, innovative, and productive working environment that leads to sustainable growth and success, not just for you as the leader. But all of that trickles down and becomes contagious because as the leader maintains this, others will follow suit. So you, my friend, if you're leading your company and you are finding yourself stuck committing to grind hours, I want to challenge you. Could you 
shift your brain, your priorities, your boundaries to a place where you are finally in momentum hours. Maybe that requires you to make some different shifts, some different moves to get a virtual assistant or to engage someone else on your team or to start offloading some of the things that are on your plate. But I guarantee you today is your reminder if you are listening to this, if you are watching this, this is your reminder that momentum is for you. You deserve a life that fulfills, a life that gives you resilience, a life that gives you joy, a life that is not just a purpose of doing a thing, but a purpose of being a thing. Today's your day. Make the exchange from grind hours to momentum hours. As we wrap up another episode of Evolve Leadership, thank you so much for taking time to invest in you. If there's to be any sustainable growth in your company or even in your relationships, you must grow first. And it's what I love to do for leaders, to help them grow, to challenge their thinking, sharpen self-awareness, to instill an unshakable confidence, and ultimately upgrade their sense of self. And we do this through our proprietary method called Agile EQ+, where we're leveraging agile leadership and emotional intelligence. We provide our signature training for individuals and for businesses, we've designed a unique curriculum for company-wide learning and development. If you'd like to learn more about our training or to schedule a call, you can simply go to evolveleadership.org. And until next time, stay driven, keep climbing, and never stop evolving.